We know that faith is the foundation of who we are as Christians. But what if we told you that sometimes we have to add to our faith? Let's talk about that today on the Midweek Move. Hello and welcome to the Midweek Move podcast extension of The Healing Places, the podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves what is happening today. And ladies and gentlemen, we are beginning a journey through 2 Peter. Now, last week we had an episode come out where we talked about the context of 2 Peter, what's happening here. And if you haven't checked that out, there will be a link in the description down below for you to go and to listen and to watch that episode. Uh, but today, uh, our lead pastor here at The Healing Place, Scott and I, we're going to be uh, we're going to be diving deep into this. Yeah, I, you know, we have been walking through this, but then we kind of took a little side road for revival right. and dealt with that. We felt like that was what the Lord was really wanting us to kind of deal with, right? which I think is indicative of our lives. Right. Like we have these one-year Bible plans <laughs> or we have these three-month Bible plans, and we're going line by line in those Bible plans, and we're learning, and hopefully we're accountable with somebody sure. in some of those plans. But then all of a sudden, there's something you read and something stands out, and you feel like the Lord's like, hey, dig a little bit deeper in yeah. that. And we kind of felt like that's what was going on with uh, whatever term you want to use, revival, awakening, right. whatever it is. Really, what we were focusing more on is, is those moments that remind you that Jesus is your first love and turning back to that. Exactly. Uh, maintaining that fire and that passion for the Lord. And right. so I feel like it was a good uh, pathway for us. And then, of course, with Easter and right. resurrection and all that, we kind of took that path and took that journey. And now we're going to dive back into Second Peter. Yep. And I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm just taking a quick glimpse at, at your Bible over there. I can tell you spent a lot of time in Second Peter yourself. <laughs> I did. There's tape. There's tape. There's <laughs> markings. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> so, and I make jest about it because, like, there's a lot. This is a, this is not Peter, first, second Peter. They're not big books. They're not long. They're not, you know, things that people think to, you know, oh, that's what we need to read. But there's a lot of depth to this, yep. uh, to both of these books. And um, as we get into this, as I said last week, you know, Second Peter, we're seeing a tone shift in Peter. Mm -hmm. He's dealing with something very different. Whereas last chapter, he was dealing with kind of the external aspects. He's dealing with some internal issues. He's dealing with some heresies. And he's speaking to these people in a very particular way. And we see that at the very beginning with this first verse. Yep. Uh, it says this, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who obtained uh, like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, some translations they say a um, they say it a little bit differently. They call him a, just a servant, not just a bond servant, but a servant. And this is a, interesting because this is different than how he opened up First Peter, where it was simply an apostle. He's like, boom, I'm just an apostle. But here, he's saying he's an apostle, but also a bond servant. What does it tell us about who he is and how he's his voice within the, what we're about to read today? Well, we we see this throughout the writings in the. We tend to look just at the letters, but even in the Gospels, even in the um, even in the Old Testament, whether it was whether it was the person that was speaking or it mm -hmm. was the scribe, there are certain indicators that we get of how that letter or how that book mm -hmm. is going to flow. And when we get to like Paul and Peter, 
Paul does this a lot in his mm -hmm. letters, is that it will shift. It will be apostle, or it'll be bondservant, or it'll be, you know, and, and you can see after that how the tonality of whatever he's saying has shifted. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with Peter, is that Peter is letting them know, first, a bondservant. Right. Like, I am a servant, not just I'm a bondservant to Christ, but also with you. Right. And so there brings this um, brotherly mm. um, aspect to it, um, which is I'm going through this just like you. Yeah. But I am an apostle. Right. Like, there is that mantle that's been put on my life for leadership. And I am a leader among you, mm -hmm. but I'm also a bondservant. Right. And and I think that you can begin to see that in Paul's writings, we see it probably a little more clear, is that Paul, whenever there's a brother in Christ or a bondservant, it's very much a, hey, I love you, you're doing awesome. It's almost a pastoral right. letter. But when it's Paul an apostle, mm -hmm. man, corrections coming. It's right. like you this was laid, this foundation was laid for you and you've gotten away from it. Right. You need to repent. You know, mm -hmm. you need to, he lays it out. Right. And so it, it's the same thing with Peter is that when, whenever you see this, it's not just a, Hey, this is a, this is a formality. It has a purpose. Right. It is very intentional. And he's letting them know right off the bat, Again, I am a bondservant to Christ, but also along with you, I'm not just an apostle, a leader among you, right. but I'm also a servant. Absolutely. Now, he says something else interesting here. So, Obtain like precious faith. Other translations will say faith equal standing with ours. What does that mean? Well, uh, again, you go back to a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have attained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. We go all the way back to 1 Peter, to the elect pilgrims, mm -hmm. the people who have been dispersed, Jews. Right Now there were Gentiles mixed in amongst that, but a lot of what he was saying to them specifically was about the Jews who had accepted Christ mm -hmm. as Savior. So when he's talking to them, he says, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us mm -hmm. by the righteousness of our God, in accepting Christ. When we read this, sometimes we think of just the simplicity of, oh yeah, I know Christ or I accepted Christ. In these days, to say that you are a follower of Jesus, mm -hmm. in many of these areas where they are, that would be death yeah. or imprisonment. Mm -hmm. And so this is a this is a big deal when he says we have obtained this like precious faith by the righteousness of our God and Jesus Christ. Again, not by the law, mm -hmm. not by any of these other things, but through Christ. Right. And so he's, he's laying out, hey, we're on equal ground here. He's, he's up, I mean, he's, he is speaking with authority, but he's like, we're, we're walking the same walk here. This is the same faith we have. Yep. And so now we continue on into verse uh, three and four. Would you like to read that for us, Pastor? Well, I mean, two, oh, yes, is, two. is really good <laughs> because, again, the greeting is important. Mm -hmm. Paul, in most of his letters, he speaks grace to them, and mm -hmm. then he ends it by speaking grace to them. Mm -hmm. He begins it by speaking peace to them, and he ends it by speaking, even if it was a corrective letter. Right. And Peter follows kind of that same pattern. Grace and peace be multiplied to you, multiplied to you, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace. That was a greeting, a salutation, but mm -hmm. it also had spiritual authority to right. it. May grace be upon you. May may the peace of God be upon you. What did Jesus? Say? What were the first things that Jesus said to them when He appeared to them after the resurrection? Peace be to you. Mm -hmm. 
peace be to you. What was the first thing he told Thomas eight days after he had already appeared to the other disciples? Peace be to you. Because walking in the peace of God was a big, big deal. Yeah. That's why the peace of God in Romans 16, the God of peace will crush Satan. Mm -hmm. This is a big deal. It's yeah. not just some, hey, guys, what's going on? Right. They took this as a blessing mm -hmm. from Peter that Peter was speaking that right. over their lives. And again, blessing in those days was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Not like a pontiff or a pope type mm -hmm. thing. But that again, that's where that apostleship comes in. Hey, that's our leader, man. That the Lord, you know, speaks through this person, and and man, they are declaring this over our lives. This has meaning, right? It's just like in a parent situation, you speak things over your kids, and it means something to them. You know, when I spoke peace over my daughters as they were growing up, I believe that 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 word that I spoke over them carried weight in their lives, even if they didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Because I was speaking the blessing of God. I was speaking the word of God. Sure. Verse 3, um, as his divine power has given uh, to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which... Uh, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, through what? The promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Yeah. So there's a lot taking place here. Some some complex language, it seems like. Um, <laughs> but when sitting down and reading through this, um, I genuinely, like, I had to read this a few times. Mm -hmm. But kind of where I came from was that... Um, Everything we need to live a godly life is through our knowledge of him, which comes through the scriptures. Yep. Everything comes through our knowledge of Christ. But it is, again, it's founded on these scriptures. The original readers, uh, for them, it would have been the Old Testament, which would have been the promises that came through um, coming of the coming Messiah. For us, it would be the Old and New Testament. Right. All together. And this is important because, again, one of the main conflicts that he's dealing with here is a question on the authority of the scriptures. And so he's making sure on the front end of this thing, he's like, look, everything you need to know comes from the scriptures, period. There's not a secret knowledge. There's not somebody that's, you know, peering into a hat with some magic power saying anything. Mm -hmm. This is where our, our faith comes from. Yeah, because you did have a mixture of Gnosticism going on in those right. days, which was more of a a mystical, we yeah. would probably call it a new age yeah. way of thinking. Well, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was the beginnings of Gnosticism yep. that was taking place at the time. Yep. Um, He's almost getting ahead of it. Yeah. Because we know what happens after this. Exactly. And again, this is also a church that's starting now spread out into pagan lands, Gentile yep. lands. Different cultures. And we know, unfortunately, God's people has a history of adopting things they probably shouldn't be adopting. <laughs> Children of Israel and Micah, Micah's days. Yeah. You know, with uh, the Assyrians were their political enemies, but yet they were their own enemies because they'd given themselves to Baal worship. Exactly. They were going into captivity with corrupt hearts and corrupt minds, and mm -hmm. it got even worse. So uh, now Peter, he's making sure to point this out again because he wants to understand that this was divinely given. The scriptures are more than just paper and words. And I think that's one of the things that people uh, lost track of back in the day was they would, um, there was a generation that, that understood God, they followed God, but the rules were just their parents' rules. Mm -hmm. They weren't divinely given like they were beforehand. And so Peter, and we're about to see this here in a little bit, he walked with Jesus. 
And he's giving, hey, this is the testimony. This is what happened. And now we're, I mean, this is roughly 64 AD. We have a whole generation of, of people who are new to the Lord, but they're relying on what they were taught by their parents who maybe didn't see Jesus. And so now we're coming down here to verse 5 through 7, if you can check that out for us. But also for this reason, given all diligence, add to your faith. Here's that add to your faith, which again, um, and for this very reason, okay, what's that reason? He's saying that you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence because of the corruption of the world, mm -hmm. because you've escaped that, mm -hmm. because of the divine nature, right. because you don't want to go back into that corruption, then you've got to give all diligence and add to your faith. This isn't a works base. This is all-encompassing. It's like right. the fruit of the Spirit. Exactly. It's like, oh, I have love, but I'm lacking self-control. Well, you're lacking the fullness of this, the Spirit of God. Right. You know, if any element of the Spirit of God is lacking in your life, then you're the one. The Holy Spirit's already provided it. So exactly. you're the one that has to then seek to take care of that. Right. So when it talks about add to your faith virtue, virtue being on the morality side of mm -hmm. it, that's a that's a goodness side of it. Right. Virtue is more of a morality. To virtue, knowledge, um, and again, this knowledge isn't just some random knowledge. It's knowledge of him, exactly. which he's already talked about up here. Mm -hmm. What is going to get you through all of this? What is going to, what is going to, what is the main thing that you need to? The knowledge of him. So right. he says to virtue, knowledge, and again, in our day, we would think knowledge, oh man, that's, I know all these commentaries and I know all this <laughs> theology. No, knowledge of him, right? Right. And it's important for us to point back to in the Proverbs, there's a difference in how we saw wisdom throughout knowledge. It wasn't just about our wisdom through the eyes of scriptures. It wasn't just about what you knew. It's about the intimacy of God. That's right. Intimacy. Absolutely. And Proverbs, which mainly comes from Solomon, mm -hmm. Song of Solomon is all about intimacy. Absolutely. All about intimacy. Mm -hmm. To knowledge, self-control. Now, here's, here's the kicker is like, what's a part of the fruit of the Spirit? Mm. Well, self-control. Yeah. But the word self is still there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, God's just going to do it. Well, um, no. <laughs> this is telling you to add to your faith. Your right. faith is supernatural because your faith is in the knowledge of Him right. and in the knowledge of Christ. And so when He's saying now, okay, add to your faith virtue, morality, knowledge, knowledge of Him, that can be scriptures, it can be prayer, mm -hmm. it can be all manner of things. To knowledge, self-control, this is putting parameters in your own life so that you don't do those things. Again, it's not works-based. It's still the power of the Holy Spirit right. that keeps us from sinful behaviors. Right. It's still the wisdom and discernment of the Holy Spirit that keeps us from those things. But in that, there are things that we can do to put things in place in our life, right. accountability being one of them, mm -hmm. not just to anybody, but to a man of God, if you're a man, to a woman of God, if you're a woman, and accountability in leadership structure, Peter, bondservant, I'm with you, but apostle, I'm a leader, right? right? So it says um, to self-control, perseverance. So now we're talking about you've got to have some staying power which means you've got to be rooted and grounded to be able to have perseverance. Per right. Perseverance would go back to the illusion of everything around you falling down, but you're, 
you're stable. Mm-hmm. Your feet are on a solid foundation. Perseverance. Um, to perseverance, godliness. Right. That is in a statement, not a position, but of living. Mm-hmm. So your position is in Christ. Right. That's your position in the kingdom of God. You're in Christ. Now, living it out is godliness. Mm-hmm. Well, what is godliness? Well, godliness is peace and love and joy and loving kindness and gentleness, righteousness, holiness. Right. Godliness is living it out. It's not just a positional thing. Mm-hmm. It is a living it out. Exactly. Which is where we get... Um, uh, we get standing and walking, mm. walking in the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Living in the spirit sounds like the same thing, but right. they're two different things. You're talking about positional, and you're talking about living. So, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, and you would think, man, godliness. Why? Why do we have to add anything else to this? Right. Well, again, you can have a form of godliness, denying the power, but denying the power. So now it says to godliness, brotherly kindness. Mm. And to brotherly kindness, again, in that love, we've got a familial love, mm-hmm. right? It's not eros. Right. And it's not uh, agape. Right. It is the familial right. type of love. Um, and and so you've got brotherly kindness and a brotherly kindness love. Right. Agape love. Mm-hmm. Well, why is brotherly kindness different than agape love? Agape love goes to the supernatural level. This is talking about a brotherly kindness, meaning that although I may not have gotten to the place where I can absolutely supernaturally love you unequivocally without any little glitch, mm-hmm. I can still be kind to you. Yeah. There's there's an old joke people say, God told me to love you, but I don't have to like you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> and and there is an aspect of that, um, you know, where we think we can operate that, but we're being told, no, no, it's it's both. It's this, I got genuinely love you and care about you. And there is a kindness that comes with that. And we can't operate in one or the other. It's both and in the, in the kingdom of God. Yeah, and also, you know, the scriptures are clear that in certain aspects, it's you're to draw away from those places, situations, mm-hmm. even people, yeah, because you wouldn't be kind. Right. It would be your flesh. Yeah. Remove, mm-hmm. separate yourself. And so uh, Peter is dealing with a lot. Are we going on? Uh, yeah, we're going to do, uh, we're going to go through. Because uh, we kind of took care of a lot of the definitions of those as we, we were did. So, okay. So, yeah, so let's, uh, let's go down to verse eight. Okay. So, it says hey, by the way, folks, we're not just sticking to a script, just to <laughs> stick to a script. When you read the Bible, these things come up, and this is the way that you need to do it. Exactly. You talk as you go. Um, verse eight. For if these things are yours, the things that he just mentioned, are yours and abound. If you have them, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But he says, and abound. That's not just doing those things. Right. That is an overflow of those things coming from your life. Exactly. So if these things are yours and abound, you will need you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we know that word barren is a is a term they would have known well. Right. Which means means to be um, my brain just went blank on me. So <laughs> without life, yeah, unable without life. to give life, right. unable to bring life forth. You're right. barren, empty, uh, uh, empty, lifeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not even being able to bring life. Right. 
And so he's saying that if you have these things and they abound, you're not going to be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Why is that important? He said, because the basis of everything is knowledge of him. Mm -hmm. And he's continuing with that. It's exactly. all going back to what he said at the first. Right. And verse 9, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. This is an interesting verse to me because uh, it, it reminds me of, of James. We talked about the man who looks at the perfect law but looks away uh, unchanged is like the man who looks in the mirror and forgets what it looks like. People, unfortunately, we have a habit of going, well, I'm just going to live my life as a Christian. I'm just going to do this, my simple little faith. And there's an aspect of, well, I said a prayer once, I'm good to go. Mm. But we're told that these are things we have to operate at all times. And if we don't, we are neglecting the first real miracle in our lives, which is salvation. And so when Peter says this, he's like, if you're not operating this, you will act barren. You will be living a barren life. You may be doing the right things, saying the right things, but the fruit of it is not good. Yep. And it's because you have forgotten your first love. You have forgotten the, the most important aspect of our life as a Christian, which is our sins were forgiven. It's, again, this is not a workspace salvation that we're talking about. That's right. But this is the fruit of appreciation and thanks for that salvation that we've received as a whole. And everything flowing out of knowledge of him, mm -hmm. out of intimacy. Exactly. It's not a, again, works-based. He's talking about the supernatural in faith. Mm -hmm. Then he's saying these things should be activated from your faith. Right. From your faith should come virtue. Right. Should come knowledge. Should come all of those things. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. That would have been a... a um, that would have been a a very descriptive terminology to use to this group of people. Mm -hmm. um, blindness, because that was a big issue even in the life of Jesus when people were blind. Mm. You go back to Saul mm. and what happened to him. He's blind, right? So all the terminology that he's using, it matters to these people. Right. Um, therefore, brethren... Be even more diligent, he used that word again, diligent, to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. Mm. Now, this is an interesting conversation that takes place here. There are those who believe that, as we kind of said, you say one prayer and you're done. And if you are part of the, um, the elect, that everything's just automatic. Everything's almost, uh, well, you just naturally operate in a certain way. But he's saying, these are things you need to do so that you don't stumble. That there will be people, there are Christians, there are people who are genuinely, they've asked Jesus to forgive them for sins, but because they're maybe they're not operating these things like they should be, they're not being, as it says in the first portion, diligent in adding these things to their faith. They're not diligently adding virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. They will stumble in some fashion. That doesn't mean they're going to go off and they're going to, um, join a cult or they're going to go off and do some, you know, what, what society would call a, a big sin, but it may mean that they're a little unloving to people. Yeah. Well here, you know, it says be even more diligent to make your call and election. Sure. That terminology can get kind of murky mm -hmm. to where it's like, well, I want to be careful what terms I use because we get so messed up with terms. <laughs> 
But many interpretations of this and translations of this translate more down to, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Make sure these things are coming out of your life. Right. So they may see your good works. Mm -hmm. Again, it goes back to that. And praise your Father in heaven. So when these things are activated in your life, it is evidence. There is evidence in your life. Right of your calling, of your uh, sonship, so to speak, of your adoption into the kingdom of God, right? that these things will flow from your life. Mm. And I know some of you may want us to talk about this for three hours and argue about it, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> no, we're not. That's not this podcast. There are plenty of podcasts out there yes. that you can spend three hours, you can watch the YouTube video, you can get mad, you can get angry, you can have anxiety. You can want to go out and yell at your neighbors and all of that. <laughs> That's fine, whatever you feel like you're supposed to do. But here, we want to examine the Scriptures line by line, precept upon precept, not what we want it to be or force it to be or what somebody said 700 years ago. Right. Again, people said things 700 years ago that are true and that are wonderful. But there were also people who had impure motives that translated things in the wrong terminology that actually enslaved people right. rather than not to be a bondservant to Jesus, but to be a bondservant to a denomination or a church or a person or a minister. Right. Don't get me started on all that. I have a <laughs> lot of... Man. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Luther did some awesome things, incredible things. It was a revival of Reformation. Mm-hmm. But he also had some very, very, very toxic mindsets about certain groups of people that were very destructive to an entire people group. Mm. Ended up being very destructive to an entire pe people group, almost to their extermination. And so when we begin to go back and we begin to point to these people, we almost see them as like godlike status. Right. Man, we need to pull back from that because Peter's not going, okay, just because of this, you're good for the rest of your life. And, you know, God forethought this. So now we don't have to do anything. That's not what he's saying here with to make your call and election sure. He's saying if these things are activated in your life, you need to be diligent because in your diligence, again, this is not the first time he's used this word. He used it back here before he said, add to your faith. Mm -hmm. He said, with all diligence, mm -hmm. now he's saying, be diligent. Why? To make your call and election sure. These things flow out of your life. It is seen that you are Christ, mm -hmm. that you have been bought and paid for mm -hmm. by Jesus Christ. Uh, and then it says, verse 11, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What you do now then affects what will happen later. Exactly. Eternity. Yep. Living it now, hoping for later. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good place for us to land for today. Um, I, I originally planned for us to go into verse 12 through 15, but I think that'd be great for next week's conversation. Um, Pastor, what's your big takeaway? I, for me, I just think the, the, the additives, mm -hmm. <laughs> not <pres> the, <laughs> the, the additives and preservatives, the additives of knowing that it's not, okay, I got to add all these works, mm -hmm. but to my supernatural faith, 
now I need to be diligent to make sure that I am virtuous, mm -hmm. that I am good. Mm -hmm. At my core, I'm not in my flesh. Right. But in the new birth, that there is virtue. Yeah. And I need to be virtuous. That I I need to have continue knowledge of him. Yeah. Which means I need to study to show myself approved. Absolutely. A workman unto God. Uh, that I do need to persevere. You know, you can have faith, but you can give up pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> like we see that in the, even in the scriptures. And then just all these other things of how Peter is being very, uh, he's very, he's being almost surgical mm -hmm. with this. Yeah. Of like, hey, you did accept Christ. Yeah. And he is your Messiah, <laughs> but let's cut this little piece out and let's mm -hmm. examine this a little bit. Exactly. I'm going to say this is probably that's very similar to mine. It's, and again, it's, we're adding to our faith, not that it were, this is something that we know. We're stacking things up, but these are the... Here's the key. We don't add anything to Jesus. Right. But adding to our faith mm -hmm. is a different thing than adding something to Jesus. Yeah. If it's Jesus plus anything else, then it's not grace, it's not mercy. It wasn't atonement. Exactly. Exactly. But this is the growth of us. This That's is the right. outgrowth. Our living faith. Yeah. And so when I see this like this, I ask myself, I genuinely go, it's like, you know, Lord, am I living with, with virtue, with knowledge that comes from that virtue? Am I living with... Is that knowledge of Jesus, that knowledge of who he is and what he's called me to do, has it led me to have self-control? Right. Has it led me to persevere in my faith under hardships? And when dealing with those hardships and not persevering, am I because it's easy when you're when you're going through hardships, you may persevere, but you may not be operating in godliness. You may not be having brotherly love or kindness for people. Right. And so it caused me to really go, you know, am I operating in this? Am I allowing it to? And if not, you know, that's where we, we repent. Yep. We turn to God. Yep. So we want to hear from you guys. How has this challenged you? How has encouraged you? Reach out to us, mediahub at thpstreetport.com. Uh, or you can visit our website, thpstreetport.com. Contact us through there also. Um, we also want to invite you guys to check out our Facebook page. Uh, just look for Midweek Move, where you'll find this podcast and all kinds of stuff we put on a regular basis. Until next time, have a great week. <laughs>